Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo. The T stands for Tuesday. I made it easy on this one. Uh... Thanks for joining us here on Thunder and Lightning, wherever you're getting your podcast at supertalk.fm or wherever that might be. We appreciate your time and your joining us. We appreciate our listeners, especially the servicemen and women who are taking care of us across the world. We also want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Smooth Ice Cream. Today, Monday, is the first day of uh, the new Strange Brew downtown or uh, near the Cotton District, however you want to put it, there on University Drive. They are open every day, 5 a.m. to midnight. Uh, they want us in there pretty soon, Joel, by the way. They, they're talking about us doing some sort of like a, a, a show from there. So we might have to make that happen. Well, you know and, what? I am perfectly willing. And that's do, we, where, do, do we get free product over the course of the show? I was told there was ice cream. <laughs> so we will have to check that out. You should check it out as well. So now when you're headed to work, uh, if you, if you don't, can't make it out to Highway 12, and you know 12 can be a nightmare sometimes, if you want to make it a little bit easier on yourself, stop into the new location there on University Drive. I also want to thank our sponsor, Strange. I'm sorry, uh, College Corner. Give them a, a shout out. Two locations in, in the Jackson area to serve you in Ridgeland and in uh, Flowood. Or, of course, you can shop online anywhere at collegecornerstore.com and check out their incredible selection of MSU merchandise. The biggest and best selection of anybody you're going to find. You want to have those things, those purchases made before you get to Starkville. Spend your time in Starkville eating, going to the games, visiting with your friends. Don't spend it in line. Be ready to roll with a purchase from College Corner. Day Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. This is Monday. Day four of the coaching search continues. Uh, Things we we are willing to say. I don't think it's Billy Napier. I think that's a done deal. He's he's not happening. I'm I'm willing to to put my, my, my... I would say that's a 95-5 deal right now. Look, here's the thing on on Billy Napier. Um, I go back to Friday Mm -hmm. and the reports from Brett McMurphy and Ross Dellinger. I mean, Brett McMurphy is a guy that basically, I don't want to basically ended the tenure of Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Brett McMurphy knows what he's doing from a reporting front. Mm -hmm. Ross Dellinger is a guy that worked in the state of Louisiana as a Mississippi State grad, is one of the country's best college football reporters, fair yeah. to say. They don't just flippantly throw out information. Right. And so I'll be honest with you, from the beginning, from those reports with those two guys and their reputations mm-hmm. to me, if they thought that this was just coach speak, they would, I don't know that they would they have wouldn't. reported it. So I, I, I have fought, I have felt since Friday, based on that, especially Ross, because I mean we've had some interaction with Ross. We kind of know Ross a little yeah. bit. Um, I, I really trust his reporting, and and I'm not saying that that the door is totally shut on Napier. It is coaching searches, and things do get crazy. But from Friday, I have just gotten the sense that it was unlikely, really. Yeah, I mean when when those two guys said it, I got off the the bandwagon that that was going to happen. 
Uh, you know, I, I left Windows open because, like, I, I've been tweeting out, tweeting out, tweeting out. I've been tweeting out. Anything can happen yeah. until ink is dry. Yeah, anything can happen. I mean, you may post this show, and Billy Napier's already hired. Right. I mean, who knows? It's very possible. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you sort of said, when those guys get something wrong, they were right when they reported it. Yeah. Something changed yeah. after they reported it. Yes. It wasn't, it was 50-50 and they decided to make a, 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 a stand. They knew what was true at the moment they let the, the report go, and then something changed. I, I, the example I would use is the Belk Bowl. Some people got on Brett McMurphy because he missed on the Belk Bowl. He had State going there. Well, never mind that Matt Wyatt had State going there. And if Matt Wyatt was saying that, it's because he had talked to somebody at Mississippi State. <laughs> what happened was Tennessee, at the last moment, decided they didn't want to go to, to uh, the Music City Bowl. They wanted to go to the Florida Bowl. They wanted to go down to the Gator Bowl. Or is that right? Yeah, the Gator Bowl. And so the, the conference accommodated them. So his report was correct, the circumstances after the report. There's a difference between that and somebody just saying, hey, this is what's going to happen, and they're just making their best guess. Or they're not even making their best guess. They're just making a guess. Here's so. some butterfly effect stuff for you. Yeah, sure. What if State had ended up going to the Belk Bowl? The schedule's a little different. Maybe Willie Gay and Garrett Schrader aren't so ornery at practice one day and yeah. don't get into it. And maybe State goes to Charlotte and wins the game. Yeah. I mean, I guess, still the coach. I don't know. Like, if that's isn't, the, isn't it funny? I don't, how, know, I don't know that I would have bought in to them beating Virginia Tech. Yeah, but. But, I mean, you're, <laughs> even, even if there's just not the fight, yeah, it's possibly enough. Because I think the fight sort of shone I, I the light. I think the discipline issues were the main reason, yeah. not the And that result. fight was the spotlight yeah. that shone on everything. Yeah, so. that was the cherry on but top. But you're not wrong. You're not wrong that, that things could have been different. That's a, definitely a butterfly effect kind of deal. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the coaching search in just a minute, but I want to talk about Willie Gay, who made his decision. That we're, I'm a little surprised by it, to be totally honest. Uh, I, I knew that he would consider it, but I didn't think he would go. But he is headed to the NFL draft. That means three juniors now have made their declaration. Cam Dantzler, Kylan Hill, and Willie Gay. We're still sort of waiting out Kylan Hill to see what his final decision is going to be. There was a report on Friday from our friend Ben Portnoy that Errol Thompson is leaning towards going. Joel, that's four very talented players. And I know, you know, Gay, I know about all the off-the-field stuff. I get that. Uh Thompson didn't have as great a year as a lot of people would have projected. Dance are sort of the same. Kylan Hill was a fantastic player. Joel, right now, if those four guys are in fact gone, and I don't know that they are, but if they are, Joel, I don't like this team at all next year. I don't like this team. I don't care who the coach is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you're gutting the stars out of the team at that point. I mean, it's a, it's a very legit concern. I want to start with Willie for a second, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've talked about how Kylan. Even if he comes back, I don't know that he could move up draft boards all that much. Right. Um, so it would shock me if Kylan didn't stick with his original announcement and go to the NFL draft. I, I think that's the direction that he will go. Could be wrong. If we are, we'll we'll come back here and I'll tell you I was wrong. No, you know, no yeah. issues admitting wrong. Yeah. But with Willie. Look, I think Willie can can be an NFL player even now and, you know, be just fine. He is a guy, though, that I feel like could improve his draft status if he would come back. So, I mean, I look, it's his life, and it's his decision, and as long as he's prayed about it and got peace with it and his family's cool with it, I'm not criticizing it. You do you, brother. I'm not one to, to tell you that you shouldn't make your decision. It's your life. Um, but outside looking in, I kind of feel like he could have bumped up draft boards a little bit and, and that said i don't know what the nfl scouts and things sent back for his evaluation maybe maybe it was you need to go 
Um, but as you and I sit here and record a podcast today, I, I think Willie Gay, given health and a full season, um, could really ha- have helped himself next year. But I don't disagree. Yeah. So anyway, you, you take him away. If you take Errol Thompson away, I mean, who's playing linebacker for state next year? Aaron Brule. Yeah. Um, Nate Watson. Yeah. Tyus Wheat. Tyrus Wheat. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, those those are your your, your options there. Um, I've seen a lot of people in my mentions, and I don't know about yours, but good riddance. Glad he's gone. Had to go. Guys, this is the best player on the team. <laughs> this is the best football player. Most talented player. More talented than Dantzler. More talented than than, than Kylan Hill. This is the most talented guy on the team. There, no, good riddance is not the correct answer, guys. You, Willie Gay needed to come back from Mississippi State next year. This is a big blow. Yeah, and and I don't understand. I know that Willie Gay, Willie Gay gave Garrett Schrader a literal black eye, and in doing so, he got a figurative black eye. Right. In the eyes of some guys, I've covered Willie Gay since he was young tyke over here at Starfield High School. Um, Willie Gay is a really good dude. <laughs> I know that some people that, that you know, harped on, on what happened with the whole Schrader incident may not believe that, but he is a fun-loving, emotional, just pinball, like bounce off the walls, just a, a ball of energy. I don't know that Willie Gay always makes the smartest decisions, uh, whether it was the Tudor Gate thing, whether it was on the games he was suspended showing up over at Starfield High School uh, on the weeks that State had games on the road and things, but yet he was at Starfield High just smiling and bouncing. Now, I'm not saying he should have just shut himself in his room or whatever, but um, I don't know that it's the greatest of looks to be suspended or whatever, and then you're out. I don't know. It just looks weird. I'm not saying he can't live his life. I know that's odd, but it was just an odd optic thing. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. Yeah. And, and then... Look, he may very well have had every right in the world to slug Garrett Schrader in the face. I wouldn't at practice. I don't know what Garrett Schrader said. I don't know uh, how much instigating there was. I mean, it shouldn't have happened, though. You know, no, no matter no matter if he was in the right to defend himself. I don't defend himself is probably the wrong word, but he could have been in the right, I guess. But it's still, you can't do that. You can't in that instance. So Willie Gay, I, I truly, he is a good, he's a good dude, he's a good person, but he has made some very, very questionable decisions over the course of the last 12 months in particular. And uh, I think that that could even help him had he come back if, if he was to return in 2020 because he could prove, look, I'm mature, I'm reliable, I did some crazy things over the last 12 months, but that ain't me. Yeah. He, he could have helped himself in that regard. Um <sighs> Anyway, shoulda, woulda, coulda. It looks like he's gone. And like, like you said, to bring this full circle, state's hurting at linebacker. I don't know. Errol could come back. It could come back, which helps. But still, mm-hmm. uh, you take if Kylan's gone, Willie's gone, Cam Dantzler's gone. There is a lot to be concerned about. Even if Nick Saban retired at, or quit at Alabama today and came down Highway 82, and he was the coach at Starfall, I, I, I don't know what he could do with the roster next year. I mean, it's going to be a tough task for anybody. Yeah, I mean, if if it, Kylan Hill is the Kylan Hill is really the difference between like two wins next year, I think. Cuz right now, if this the roster as it is with no Kylan Hill, with no uh Dantzler, no no Willie Gay, no Errol Thompson, assuming those if, that, if all those guys go. 
sell me on more than four wins. They'll beat Alabama A&M and, and New Mexico, or New Mexico State. I don't even know which one it is. doesn't matter. Uh, they'll probably, probably beat Tulane and Arkansas. Sell me on more. I mean, that. I guess at that point, what, the obvious two? Or, I mean, th- there are three that kind of stand out as, as winnable there, and that's North Carolina State, mm-hmm. Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and Kentucky. Those are toss-up. Kentucky. Kentucky's good. I, I'm not, and it's on the road. On the road, those Ole Miss. But I'm just saying, so all three of those games are on the road. I'm just saying, though, if, if fast forward in 12 months and you saw a W next to that game, I mean, you're not floored. Not floored, but as it stands right now, it's a toss-up game. Yeah, I'm with you on at that. At best, at best, um, State's in trouble. They're in trouble. You know, no matter who the coach coming in is, they're in trouble. Uh, they've they've got they. Don't expect – and that's not to say that State can't win those games because the teams – Kentucky's – I think Kentucky's going to be pretty good next year. I think Stoops has finally got that program trending up. Um, that's a guy that <laughs> – Well, he was why, given why time. Give, why don't you give Mark Stoops a – I mean, is that a bad – I don't think he's a candidate. We hadn't heard he's a candidate. I'm Mississippi saying, State? Yeah, like maybe, you know, jump over to the West. And, yeah. I mean – No. I mean, he's a good uh, – SEC head coach. No, 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 no. no, no. He's revived a program. No, no, it's the other way around. He wouldn't come. Yeah. And he's why would you leave the East to go to the West? That's true too. I wouldn't do that in a million years. You got that program. You put all that into good in that program the right direction. Why would you abandon it now? You've you've got it going the right yeah. direction. In some ways, I guess Kentucky is the Mississippi I mean, State of the East a little bit. In reality, if they had gone with Bowden from day one or, or from once Terry Wilson got hurt, they probably win a couple more games. They're probably a nine win team. And then in two back to back years, you've won ten and nine at Kentucky. Yeah. What does Stoops make? Do you uh, know? He makes a he he makes oh he's over four. It's probably closer to five. If I had to get. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm that's research I'm not willing to do right this second. But <laughs> but that's a guy who was given time. I was going to say that's the only way you get him here is if you like really really bump up what he's making. Yeah, but. which I don't think they would be willing to do. The thing is, people. Some people mentioned him on Friday. The people who were upset that Morehead was fired. They're like, well, look at Stoops. I gave him time. Well, Stoops took over a team that was two and ten. You can give that guy time. You can't give a guy time when he took over a nine win team and then immediately crashed it. You can't do that. That's not how life works. So, this team next year has got some real issues. And it had real issues before these guys were declaring for the draft. But now, I'm looking at this team next year, and I'm I'm just not seeing a lot of success on paper. Okay, well, let's play this out for a second. Okay. And, and, I mean, too late now, the hay's in the barn. Joe Moorhead's fired. Mm -hmm. But... All things being equal, let's say Willie Gay was going to go to the NFL anyway. Let's say Kylan Hill is going to go to the NFL anyway. For purposes of this discussion, let's say Errol Thompson was going to go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Cam Dantzler is gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're painting a scenario that no matter who the coach is next year, it's going to be really tough to get bowl eligible. Do you, like if, if Should State have just let Joe Moorhead absorb this blow and, and take a – a losing season or whatever, and no, because it could have gotten much worse. What happens if Morehead? I mean, three and nine, plus you know, next year. I think we talked about this before. The, the recruiting class for next year is loaded in Mississippi with high quality receivers, which you need more than anything else. Do you really want to pull the plug out on that recruitment at that point? No, yeah. you got from a recruit- what had to be done eventually needed to be done immediately. Yeah. And, and from a recruiting standpoint, I think you and I talked about this on this show. It was perfect because I think you're going to keep most, if not all, of the signees. Mm-hmm. And the new coach is going to have a chance to build towards the next signing class. And uh, 
yeah, if you if you fire a coach after next season, you lose that signing class that he had built up, probably. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm playing devil's advocate. I think that getting rid of Moorhead when they did was the right call. But uh, you could make an argument a little bit, kind of like the relief pitcher in a blowout baseball game. You just let him stay out there instead of waste another arm. Right. You could make a case if, if you wanted to to say instead of bringing in a new coach and letting him suffer through what may be the first non-bowl season in over a decade or whatever, just let Joe Moorhead take that lump. I think if you didn't have the discipline issues that were obviously happening, you could have done that. Yeah. But as it is, you had to do something before your program sort of it – it can always get worse. And there, there are worse things than being 4-8. and eight. There's being four and eight, and your program is out of control. Yeah, you know, and then it, then it becomes really difficult. Like right now, it, it, you might look at it in terms of the, the 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 program is at a point where a good coach can come in and get a handle on things. The next guy, if you let it go any further, that might not have been the case. Yeah, and it might have taken sort of a crew, a guy who could come in and he you you end up having to clean up by kicking guys off. Yeah. Uh, maybe I think you're at a point now where you, you can clean up by getting guys to buy in. You might have only been a year away from having to like basically self-impose probation, which is what Kroom did. He kicked so many guys off; it was like they got hammered by the NCAA. Yeah, you know, a good coach can get guys to buy into what he's doing. And anyway, if you, so this team next year has they they really need Kylan Hill. If Kylan Hill comes back, I'm willing to say okay, they can win six or seven. But if he doesn't. I just don't know where they're getting offense from. Well, you're, you're right back to where you were the other day yeah. in that unless something unforeseen happens. Yeah. You know, then, exactly. then Yeah, you're right back in that scenario. I don't – back on the coaching search thing for just a second. Yeah, let's, I, let's I, switch I over to that, yeah. I don't know that we talked a ton about him yesterday. Um, maybe we did a little bit, but apparently Joe Judge is the hot name now. Yeah, that's sort of where I was going with that. Yeah. yeah. What's your opinion on that? Joe Judge is one of the uh, – the highest risk, highest reward possibilities I've ever seen in, in a situation like this. Because his resume is really intriguing. Worked for Saban, worked for Belichick. They both speak very highly of him. Uh, NFL pedigree uh, with the best team in the NFL. He's seen all of the habits that, if anybody should be familiar with the habits that, that create a winning culture, and culture's the word, right? Yeah. It should be Joe Judge. Plus, he's a bulldog, so you're likely to ha- he's likely to stay over other guys. But he has never called plays of any kind. He has never uh, been the top dog. I mean, he just hasn't. So there's there's a possibility that you could be you could be getting your Bear Bryant, but you could also be getting another slight room. Uh, it would really depend on the staff, and we'll talk, they're, they're, the rumor mill is hot with his staff. That Will Hall, native Mississippian, been a successful coach throughout the country, possibly coming in as offensive coordinator. Tosh Lupoy, been a big name coach in college, was in the pros, uh, big time recruiter, coming for as defensive coordinator. That's the rumor. The rumor is that Aaron Feld will return from Oregon to be the strength and conditioning coach. That guy's one of the best in the country. That would be a huge get for Mississippi State. Those are good names. That's a great staff. And before you even get to the assistants, he would need it. Because that's the other thing. I think one of the things with Kroom 
I hate that we're going back to him, but I don't think he had the fire for recruiting. He had been away for so long that he just wanted to recruit guys, and he expected them to say yes because of whatever reason. I don't think he was willing to put in the hours that you have to put in with recruiting, which is a 24-hour process, basically. Which, by the way, Joe Morgan was pretty good at. Yeah. And, I mean, think about recruiting today. I mean, recruiting, what it was, when Kroon was recruiting, he didn't have text messages and Twitter and all this stuff. I mean, text messaging is sort of happening. It wasn't as... I mean, now you're texting guys constantly. I don't think he would have been up for that. Is Joe Judge up for that? Is he a guy who's willing to text 16-, 17-year-old kids at all hours of the day, tell them how great they are? If he is... He can be very successful. If he's not, it's going to be a train wreck. Well, something that stands out a little bit, though, is just his age. By his age, you would think that he would be. You mm-hmm. know, I could see him being closer to doing that than, you know, I like Gene Chiswick. Do you see Gene sitting there hitting up DMs and, and stuff as much? Uh, you know, when I see a 37-year-old guy, I see him as probably a little more likely to be involved in the tech game yeah. than some of these. Oh, I, I, I think so, yeah. I think so, for sure. Chizik is the guy I think would play the Orgeron role. He would try to CEO it. He would go yeah. get a couple of good coordinators and just try to run things. The problem is this. He's not a successful coach. In non-Cam Newton years, he's 16 and 38. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing with our lives? I, that may not even be right, but still. Maybe that's just his, uh, his Auburn record. I don't know. But he's not a, he's, his record does not – no. That would be – that's the worst case scenario for me. Now he might come in and tear it up, but for me, you talk about we, we've talked about you know sale ticket sales and getting excitement and things of that nature. You're right back where you were. Are you going to be over at Brian Airfield, kind of like the guy whenever he was three and eighteen, three and eight, or whatever yeah. it was? He was. <laughs> we want a coach. No, I won't be that. Here's guy. here's some, the 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 main red flag to me on Joe Judge, and it's kind of what you were saying. No, no college, no, no head coaching experience. And has there been any college even sniff him to be their head coach? Ah, uh, not to my knowledge. See, he, I mean, he was at he was at uh, North Carolina's defensive coordinator, but that's it. Now I, I'll tell you this: I'll say this. You tell me that Gene Chizik's coming to be your defensive coordinator. I can buy that. Well, yeah, I very I, much buy that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool. But I'm saying like with Judge. Not that you look for other people's opinion to verify your own if you think you got your guy. Not that Joe Judge can't come in here and be the greatest coach in Mississippi State history. But wouldn't you at least think that if Joe Judge was viewed as a very successful potential collegiate head coach that someone else would have knocked on his door? And I don't know that we've seen that they have, have they? To be a head coach anywhere else. No. Which kind of goes back to what you and I have said the last couple of days. The main reason that he is viewed as much of a candidate as he is is because he has a, a I guess, a Mississippi off. State diploma hanging on his wall that, somewhere. That's, that's what it is. Like I said, it's high risk, high reward with Judge. You could be getting your next Bear Bryant. You could be getting that guy. But you could also be getting a guy that in three years your program has taken an insufferable step back. And all of a sudden, now you got to find another Dan Mullen. And I mean a coach that is generational to your school. It's a risk. But here's the thing with Mississippi State, it's a risk always. Yeah. Never State's never gonna make the pick up the phone and call Nick Saban. Or call Urban Meyer. You know. I would call Urban Meyer just to see. Yeah. Any chance? Yeah. <laughs> seven million? I mean, if you could pay Urban Meyer seven million dollars, you should, but that's not gonna happen. So I think right now as we stand here on, on Monday uh, evening, Tuesday morning. 
at the top that that I think Joe Judge is the favorite. I would put Grantham in that list. We didn't really talk about him. There's a lot of push within the team for him, which makes me wonder if that's the guy they think. Look, we need to get back to what we were doing, and he knows how to do it. There's something to that to me. If I'm Joe Judge, honestly, I would tell Todd Grantham like, we'll pay you what Aranda's making and make him the defensive coordinator. And that combined with the fact that his son's going to be here playing baseball, that might be enough to sell him on doing that. I don't know. Lapoy would be a good good guy though too. It's, uh, yeah, I think he'll be fine. So we'll see. A lot, a lot, you know, a lot of moving parts still. Don't ever believe anything until what I'm going to talk about this for just a little bit. What our friend Tyler Horka was trying to say is, there's going to be rumors, all right, and you can believe in the ones you want, but nothing is done. Don't go. Don't stake your credibility. Don't stake anything on anything until you see. Sources confirm from Joel, Brian, Steve, Tyler, the rest. Yeah. All right? You can hear anything's heating up. There's a lot of smoke. There's another, nothing is done until it's done. And that's yeah. that's the point I've been trying to, to tell everybody. And most everybody gets that. I, think. I, don't, I don't see a whole lot of people going over the deep end with this. But there have been a few that yeah. have just been like, it's him, it's Napier, it's Napier, yeah. it's Napier, it's Napier. It's not Napier. Billy Napier's been hired two or three times in the last three months. Exactly. Here, exactly. So, could it still be Napier? Could we go talk to Coach Napier on Wednesday as the new head coach of Mississippi State? Absolutely we could. But as we sit here today, it doesn't appear that's going to be the case. So, we'll see where it takes us. Alright, tomorrow's show is the rumblings. So, I thought we might need to... Let's go ahead and preview Mississippi State-Alabama. This is a big game for both teams. Uh, both teams start off 0-1. Uh, State losing to Auburn. Uh Alabama losing to Florida in a game. They had a lead. I think they were up uh, 15 points or so at the half and ended up giving that away in, in double overtime. Alabama's an interesting team under Nate Oates, first-year head coach. They are a high-scoring team. They're getting about 84 points a game, but they are also really poor defensively. They give up 80 points a game. Um, Mississippi State, just for the uh, the record, is, is doing better than that. Uh, I had the stats up here. Where did they go? All right. Yeah, State is, is only giving only scoring 73 a game, but they only give up 65 a game. They're much better defensively. Alabama shoots the three ball, and they shoot it pretty well, 37% from behind the arc. That is a good uh, number, just for the record. State shooting about 35%. But Alabama has shot 395 threes on the season. Whew. Just for, to, for comparison's sake, State has shot 223. State's leading guy is obviously Tyson Carter. He's shooting 30%, 26 of 85. Alabama has... Two guys who have shot more than 90 three-pointers, um, including John Petty Jr., who is shooting a robust 50% from behind the arc, 46 of 92. Just, I don't know a whole lot about basketball, but I'm going to suggest not leaving that guy open because he'll 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 make it rain from back there. Um, Alabama, you know, a pretty decent rebounding team. They're about two and a half rebounds a game uh, per uh, better than their opponents. They turn the ball over a good bit. 213 turnovers to only 189 assists. State has 193 turnovers on the season, again, for uh, for comparison's sake. Um, they're, they're a solid team. They've lost six games, but they have their, their losses aren't... I think they only have like one loss where I just scratch my head and say, what the hell happened there? I think that was... And I think it was their first game. Yeah, they lost to Penn uh, in, uh, in, you know, by one point. Uh, their loss. They lost to North Carolina, Iowa State... Penn State, who's actually a really, really good team, and then they lost the obviously to uh, to Florida. This is a solid basketball team. Coleman Coliseum State hasn't won there since 2016. Uh, 
Great name for uh, I love I mean it's the best name facility in the country, so I'm um, last year State started off 0 1 in conference play. The second game was at home against Ole Miss. And I made the comment, I was like, and, and I, I hate saying must win in the second game, but sometimes you gotta have some things going your way for perception. This is not a really great Alabama team. Yeah. It's a team you should beat. I don't know if this is a must win game, but this is a must win one of the next two games. Right. They've got to win one of these two games. This feels like the more winnable game to me, yes. doesn't it? Yes. Can State win these games with, with the backcourt playing the way it is? How much better does Tyson Carter have to be? What does he have to give us? Uh, uh, <laughs> what, 10, point, 10, 12 points at least? Yeah. <laughs> like minimum? In anything below that, you start questioning if, if State did enough. I mean, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, look, at this point, I, I kind of trust Reggie Perry. He's going to get you a double-double. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm starting um, to trust – I think to trust Robert Woodard. Yeah, Robert Woodard's going to be there or close. Um, Tyson, he might score you 30, and he might score you 6. You know, but it, yeah. seemed, it seems like he's been a little more consistent by and large this year, though. So you feel like coming off of a game in which was not a good game for him. Right. That he's due to at least be solid in this one. And that's the thing. If he can just get you 10 points, you're going to win this. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to go out there and be, you know, Michael Jordan, Barry Stewart, just draining threes all day long. But just go out there and be solid. The addition of, of Nick Weatherspoon has sort of, obviously, it's, it's off to the rotation. This this bench is not doing a whole ton. They only got four points from the bench. They were all from Iverson Molinar. Nothing from DJ Stewart on Saturday. Nothing from Keyshawn Fizel. Prince Odor only played a couple of minutes in the first half. Um, can State do this? Can they just place, you know, can they just get contributions from maybe six, maybe seven? I think DJ Stewart will is more likely to contribute down the road. I don't know what you can count on from, from Fazell. You know, you got Molinar there. I mean, is seven guys going to be enough? This, I mean, I, as long as Fazell's given minutes, I guess it's okay, but he's got to contribute something, doesn't he? Yeah. And I, to me, Keyshawn Fazell has shown flashes this year that he can be a not just a minute filler, but a productive player when he's out there mm-hmm. too. So, so yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't trust is a strong word, I guess. But I think Fazell is at the point where you can kind of rely upon him to provide you some productive minutes. They need something. They they need a little bit more from the bench. I mean, four points is not enough. If you can get ten to twelve points off your bench again, that's you're going to win more games. So I feel like there's a lot, a lot of unanswered questions about this team, but I feel like they're on the verge of answering them, one way or the other, you know, you know, for good ben, or bad. Ben Howland said the other day after the game something that kind of perked my ears a little bit because we've heard him mention stuff like this all the time. And he talked about how he didn't feel like he used his bench. I'm trying to – I don't want to misquote him here. Yeah. Something about he didn't use the, the bench enough right. or didn't use them well, right goes back to last year. Like that. I mean, he goes, last year he said, I, I forgot to use like Robert Woodard. Yeah. What? Like – I don't know. I think even if that was the case, I wouldn't admit that. That as a yeah. head coach, that I'd be like, "Oh, I forgot one of my." You're not wrong. We've heard him now multiple times. It seems like after many losses, say, "I didn't use my bench correctly," or "I didn't use them right," or "I forgot this guy," or "I forgot that guy." If you take him at his word that that's happening, that's like, poor coaching. Yeah, there's no other way around that. Yeah. So, state's going to win one of these next two games. Is it this one? I think so. so I, I feel better about this. Give me, one. Give me a score. Uh, can state can state run? Can state put up eighty points in this game? I, I was going to say I, I feel like, given the fact that I think Tyson 
will probably have a bigger game. Um, I think the other guys will be kind of what they've been lately. Um, if Abdullah Dude continues to contribute what he's contributed lately, you feel kind of good about him too. Uh, I'll say 82-74 State. I'm going to go the other way. I think State slows down Alabama. Okay. I think defensively they, they, they can do it. Um, I'm going to say State wins 75-70. Uh, That'll be the final score of, of this one. I think State gets the win here. I think they lose on Saturday when they travel down to LSU. Uh, if they can win both, great. If they lose both and you're 0-3, it's going to be a difficult hole to climb out of. Yep. So we'll see what happens. All right, guys. Uh, tomorrow's show is the rumbling, so you know what to do. Send us your questions. I'm sure there will be a few about the coaching search. We'll tell you whatever we can figure out and go from there. Guys, have a great uh, Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.